Welcome, I'm Barb Arlen Fye. Welcome to the Catholic Messenger Conversations. Today's guest is Father Joseph Sia, Vocations Director for the Diocese of Davenport. Thank you for being here, Father. Sure, it's good to be here. And actually, right off the bat, I want to say this is one of the things on my bucket list, to be interviewed in a professional sound studio. So oh, that- I'm checking off an item on awesome. my bucket list. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. So I wanted to ask you, you know, it's Vocations Awareness a Week, what, in November? November mm, First week of November. Okay, so I thought, what a great time to just ask you about vocations. But I wanted mm. to start with your own vocation. And I wondered, first of all, what are some of your first memories of being Catholic? So I think, so growing up, I grew up in the Philippines, so mostly Catholic country. And the two places where I experienced the faith was in, at home and in school. And in both places, I had you know, good experiences. So like my family... Where we would pray together as a family, especially during special times like New Year's Eve, you know, oh. at the stroke of midnight. So we would jump and scream, but then after that, we would settle down, and my grandmother would lead us in prayer. So just on you know, Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory be. You know. Wow. So a way to keep the faith, you know, centered in our life. You know? So that was a good memory. And then I went to a Catholic school. So good example of the priests and teachers over there. You know, with my faith. I, I used to serve daily Mass since second grade. And wow. Did you yeah. have sisters too? They were in the other school. No, it was an all-boys school. Oh, okay. And the girls were in the school right across. So oh, okay. the religious sisters were there. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, how old were you when you first thought about a vocation to the priesthood? I would say around 16 or 17 years old. So I was in junior high school, moving on to senior high school. We had a retreat called Days with the Lord. So it's like a three-day weekend retreat. And I was chosen to be rector for that retreat. And yeah, I felt, well, maybe they see something in me you know, to be a spiritual leader. So that's where the idea started. Did you feel a sense of God with you? I mean, it, it, it's kind of a calling like, oh, Joseph, mm-hmm. you need to consider the priesthood or yes, what? Yes, yes. Yep, there was that sense you know, it invoked many kinds of emotions and thoughts. You know, but yeah, I think that's Was there right. anyone in particular who inspired you? Through, well, in school, I had some the good example of the priest there. So I went to a Jesuit school. So we had Jesuit missionaries oh. there. And they, yep, they gave me a... They, I was inspired by them. So they were actually originally missionaries to China. Oh. And then they were expelled from China during the Cultural Revolution in wow. the 50s and 60s. Yeah. So they came to the Philippines to minister to the Filipino Chinese. And because my dad's Chinese. Uh, oh. So that's why I went to that school and they were there ministering. And I was inspired by them, you know, because like they learned to speak our language, the Filipino language, and also Chinese. Wow. You know, these you know, Spaniard priests. Yeah. So that was uh, an inspiration for me. Wow. And then when I was in high school, I had the a great privilege to have a spiritual director, a priest, so, wow. which is very rare. Yeah, yeah I didn't nowadays. know high schools have spiritual directors. Mm-mm, he was like a um, guidance counselor, but also because I, I was part of the like a, a club called the Christian Life Community. Oh, okay. So I was already active you know, oh, okay. uh, in religious activities even back then. So we were assigned a spiritual director. How often mm. did you get together with your spiritual director? Around once a month or so. Mm-hmm. And and you you mm. always talked about spiritual things about spiritual all kinds of things. Uh, 
good things going on in, in, in school, you know, at home. So, yeah, he wow. was a good example to me. What yeah. were your favorite subjects in school? I liked science, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why that um, influenced my career, my first career choice. I liked science, geography. You know, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. How did your family respond to your desire to explore a vocation of the priesthood? So when I told them, so I was already here in Iowa, so I already oh, okay. finished college. So I, I never told them about that since when I was in high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. How come you didn't tell them about that? Mm, because I think myself, I was not convinced. Okay. Or I didn't want to explore it uh-huh. then. So I never told anybody. But interestingly, so because I went to medical school. Okay. So even then, like I would go to the chapel every day. And then people, my classmates would tease me, hey, father, father. (laughs) So it was there, you know, but uh, I just never answered or had the courage to look further into it. It was only when I got here after I was already practicing, I was working already as a doctor. And then I was sent here to do graduate studies at the University of Iowa, Uh again, through prayer is when I discerned that, yes, I should look into this. So where, where were you at? Did you go to like St. Mary's in Iowa City or where, where, where did you go to Mostly Mass? the Newman Center. Oh, Newman Center, okay. Because I was living in Coralville and I didn't have my own car. Okay. So I couldn't go because there was no bus service on Sundays, uh-huh. only till Saturday. So uh-huh. I would take the bus on Saturday to go to the f- Saturday evening, the Vigil Mass in the Newman mm-hmm. Center mm-hmm. and take the bus back. So it was mostly to the Newman Center. Sometimes... Uh, if somebody could bring me, I would go to the St. Mary in downtown Iowa City. So were you involved while you were well, you're doing your research and doing your medical work? Were you also doing um, spiritual things? Were you involved in, in faith-related activities? Just mostly going to Mass. Okay. I did volunteer work. There was a free clinic in Iowa City, free oh. medical clinic. So that was my service. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering, what changes did you have to make in your life to begin your discernment process? I think I think it's more of the what happened around me, so not so much me. You okay. know, because so like well, so it was when I got to Iowa and I was living alone, like for the first time in my life. Oh. And I really had the time and opportunity to think and pray about what God wanted for me. And it was that time that I was you know, I was already, you know, a doctor now in grad school. But there was still a sense that something was missing. So that pushed me to really think and pray about what God wanted for me. Wow. Mm. I mean, did you pray more like conversationally with God or was it um, more uh, uh, specific prayers? Yeah, more conversational, asking God, what do you want from me? Why am I feeling this? And of course, that sense of the priesthood came back. Uh, since that high school yeah. you know, experience, and I felt a stronger call to consider that. And and you chose the Diocese of Davenport to discern your vocation. Was that because I mean Iowa City is in the diocese? Mm-hmm. Is that was that the reason or? Yes, and also because you know part of the discernment of a calling is to where you are being called to. Mm-hmm. And again, in God's great plan. So yes, he planted that seed earlier on when I was in high school. But yeah, there was that resistance on my part. So I think that's, that meant to say I was not called there you know, at the right. time. Right. It was only later on when I was already in Iowa City. I was, when, was when I was able to open myself to God and the, and the Holy Spirit. 
you know, to discern wow. a vocation to the priesthood. And so what seminary did you attend? I went to Mandalayan Seminary. Okay. And how would you describe life in the seminary? It was very, it was a, for me, it was a good experience. You know, I met a lot of other guys you know, who were really into discerning the vocation. And there I appreciated more my faith and my calling you know, to be in that environment with other men discerning uh-huh. you know, the priesthood. And one thing interesting was that we were from different age groups. In fact, my some of my closest friends were the older guys. Like one of them was in his late forties. Oh. Uh, he had been a chief of police. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, so I met him. Yeah, in sem- he was my classmate in seminary. And then another guy had been a travel agent for like twenty-seven years. So those were the guys that I connected to. Yeah, Be- because probably myself, I've had the experience. You know, in the working Yeah, because how old were field. you around that time when you were in seminary? When I entered, I was 27. Oh, okay. So not so that not much m- older than... Not that than much older. Mm-hmm. But yeah. somehow I connected more to the older, older guys. guys. Yeah. Um, d- d- any doubts? What, if any, doubts did you have on your journey to the priesthood? I think that being away from my family, you know, being here in Iowa, that was one doubt you know, that came to mind. But... And I talked about this with a friend of mine many years later. He told me, hey, remember what you said when you were ordained? I said, what? About my family. He said, you said that you trust that God will take care of them. Wow. Yeah. And God did take care of them. Yeah, he's taking care of them. That's great. At what moment did you know for certain that you were responding to God's call? Was there a moment where you go, yes, this is it? I think when I was already in seminary, you know, when I felt that sense of peace, I I was comfortable in what I was doing. I think it was at that point. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And what do you remember most about your ordination of the priesthood? I remember I was there. I mean, yeah. I got to cover that. Yes. And that was really cool. It's interesting. Uh, a wise friend of mine told me at rehearsals, he said, yeah, go ahead, do your rehearsal well, because after tomorrow you will forget everything, you know, because oh. you will be so concerned about... The, the ritual to make sure you don't make mistakes and he's right you know I mean well I remember um, some of my friends from college were there my family but you know one thing that still sticks to my mind is uh, during the sign of peace uh-huh. where I exchanged peace with my classmate Father High who was ordained with me at the yes. same time so that one I remember that was really cool huh? exchange of peace as priests oh that is so cool Mm -hmm. and what about were your both parents there were your mom just my mom was there oh okay my dad had to stay home to watch the house oh Uh, okay okay your mom must have been was she She just very happy yeah very pleased wow Mm -hmm. um what other special people were present at your ordination mass and what did that mean to you so the sister of Father High was there, and I still see her from time to time here now in the, in the diocese. So that was a good for me a good connection because Father High and I had become good friends. So oh, I that's was happy good. to see her there. Also. Oh, that's really mm-hmm. cool because Father High was at Mundelein too, right? Yes, we were classmates all oh, throughout. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you love most about being a priest? Well, now that I have eleven years of experience, I think it's just being there during the very important moments of people's lives and how they would open themselves to me, you know, make themselves vulnerable and trust in you know, what I say, my, my 
comments for them or suggestions. But for me, I know it's from God. Yeah. Wow, but yeah, cool. just to be with them during those special moments. So, so, w- so what about the most challenging aspect? I know there's always lots of ups and downs in anyone's yes. vocation, right? But, but what about for you as a priest? I think especially as a diocesan priest, so part of our job is to be an administrator of a parish. Uh-huh. And that's where, for me, yeah, some of the more challenging moments have come. And I've learned to, to be more prudent you know, in terms of like decision-making, or uh, what to say, especially, yeah, because you know, people are, can be sensitive, so I have to be aware of that. So that mm. comes with experience, right? So yes. That's, that yes. God, God requires us to, yes, <laughs> to learn, learn from, from experience. Learn right? from our mistakes, <laughs> yes. Mm. Have you made any interesting mistakes that you care to share? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I guess, or I'd rather share the lesson that I learned, which okay. is, well, to be to meet people where they're at. You know, sometimes we have certain expectations where we want them to be, you uh-huh. know, which is great. But at the same time, we have to realize in our own humility as well that people are at different levels. And as a pastor, I'm called to be there with them okay. and to walk with them. And to not mm-hmm. give them too much advice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. um, how did you react to being chosen to serve as vocations director? It was an honor. You know, very, I was also very excited, you know, realizing how important this job is. But yeah, I think more more than that, an honor you know, to be chosen for that position. Had you, had you any idea that that was coming? No. I no. mean, you were just minding mm. your own business yes, in Columbus Junction Columbus and Junction, West Liberty, West right? Liberty. I actually got into that groove. You know, it was a difficult. Well, that was another challenge too. They were twenty five miles apart. And oh, after my mass in Columbus Junction on Sundays, I would literally have to run you know, to West Liberty wow. to get there for the next mass. But yeah, I already got into that groove. You know, I was bonding well with my parishioners in both parishes. I was happy. And Did you know, Sp- I mean, was Spanish a language that you knew? I mean, or was that something that... Did you grow up with Spanish, or how uh, did you? Yes. So on my mother's side, that's the Spanish side. My okay. great grandparents came from Spain oh, okay. to the Philippines, so I was exposed to that. But I wasn't fluent. Okay. And it was only in seminary when I was sent to Bolivia to formally study oh. Spanish. Is when I learned, you know, Spanish. And but yeah, I mean, I've been celebrating Mass every Sunday in Spanish for the past eleven years. Wow. Uh, and so, uh, you, you did you get really attached? I mean, was it hard to leave Columbus Junction with Liberty? I know it was hard for your parishioners, wasn't it? Yes, and same here, yes. I didn't realize that, because I grew up in a big city. Yeah. And having lived in, well, Columbus Junction, I was there five years, because I was five years in Muscatine uh, mm-hmm. before that. That's right. So I was in Columbus Junction. I actually learned to love a small town and, you know, the simplicity of life in a small town. So that was one thing that surprised me that, yeah, I had a hard time leaving that. Yeah. Do you still hear from those parishioners? I bet they mm-hmm. still Oh, yes. I'm still in touch with them. Some send me letters, oh, some great. call or text. So, yeah. mm-hmm. how, how often do people, since you're the vocations director, do, do people often suggest names to you of men who they think might make a good priest? Yes, I do. So what I counsel them is thank you. And I will keep that in mind, but at the same time, continue walking with them. Because, for example, if they're the youth minister or the DRE or the pastor, they would be the one who would be instrumental in having that relationship with this 
oh, person. Oh, that's good. And then when they're ready to take the next step, yes, they can come to me. I don't want to just go right away. Yeah, it might scare them. How off, do you, how do you approach uh, your relationship with seminarians or, or potential seminarians? Is there some you know? Do you have to handle that with kid glove approach, or what? What do you do? <clears throat> Just be careful about because we have such a thing as the external forum and the internal forum. So I'm in the external forum, you know, where there are certain in. So in the external forum, we make decisions as regards whether or not a man is to be ordained. You know, right. So that's why it has to be you know, handled well and with you know sensitivity you know certain information but well basically my relationship with the seminarians i see myself and hopefully they see this too is that i'm a spiritual father to them you know guiding them on the way of their discernment you know on my end because most of their formation happens in the seminary you know, with their own formators over there and i go visit them you know the bishop also comes just to check on them you know see how they're doing ask them if there's any you know, major concerns that they have and to provide them you know, moral and spiritual support. What's the best advice that you can give to a man about discerning a vocation in the priesthood? It's the timeless answer is pray. You know, pray about it. Bring it to prayer. And prayer, not just talking to God, but spending time in silence to listen to God, to hear what God says. Do you get a sense that more men are becoming interested in seminarian in, in pursuing a vocation in the priesthood or not not so much? Not necessarily, but I think God still continues I know God still calls men to the priesthood. So it's a matter of being able to hear that call. How can mm. how can we help men to hear that call? By encouraging them to grow in their spiritual lives, you know, spending time in prayer. Um, like for me, that's what I always ask when somebody comes to me who is a possible discerner for uh-huh. seminary. I try to find out more about their spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are they praying? And what is God telling them in prayer? Mm. And also to be sensitive to what other people are telling them, you know, how other people see them. Right. And, mm. and what about, um, I, m- I imagine on occasion someone was entered or, or is concerning a vocation discerns out or is no longer seminarian mm-hmm. is that how do you deal with that or is that I mean it's is that a mutual agreement or how does that work in my experience so far yes it's been a mutual agreement and I continue to walk with them in the sense that I say all right I'll still be praying for you and well, most of the time those who do discern out they, they had a good experience in seminary. So seminary itself helped them in their own faith life to grow stronger in their relationship with God and to give them that courage and direction to continue into whatever you know, vocation God is calling them. How many seminarians do we have in the Diocese of Davenport right now? Right now there's 10 of them in our, our um, diocesan seminarians. Yep. And are they a wide range of ages and interests? or? Yes, so they come from different backgrounds. Some have worked before. Some came straight, straight off high school. Age range, maybe... Actually, they're a bit younger, this group. Um, mid-30s would be the oldest oh. in this group. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, what do we need more? Um, more priests or more Catholics? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, see, as vocation director, one of the things I realized is that all the vocations work together. 
when we have good marriages, good matrimonies, that will lead to kids who will consider, you know, be open the, to the priesthood and will become good priests and religious brothers and sisters. In the same way, when we have good priests and nuns and monks, you know, we will have good families and good marriages and good single people you know, who are dedicated to God. So they all work together, is okay. what I would say. Mm-mm. And I'm wondering, how do you replenish yourself as a priest? Well, uh, like physically, I do have a day off, so and that's when I just rest. Um, I like to bike uh, or walk or run. Uh-huh. Um, read, read a good book. So also spiritually, yes, I do need to recharge. Uh, I have some spiritual books that I read. Well, can yeah. you give us examples? Maybe we can get an idea of what we need to be reading. There's one right now that I'm reading, The Heart of the Redeemer. And I forget the author, unfortunately, but it's because I have this great interest and devotion to the Sacred Heart. Because I grew up, my home parish in the Philippines was the National Shrine of the Sacred Heart. Oh, wow. And this one talks about the heart of Jesus Christ. So for me, it's been a good read. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Do you ever read any novels or any just... Yeah, not so much. Heck? I'm not so much into novels. Or biographies mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. like that? Um, sometimes. Um, f- I read the one of, well, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Oh, and that's yeah. been an inspiration. Oh, mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. What else am I missing? What else mm-hmm. c- do you want to tell us mm-hmm. about vocations to the priesthood or... Um, religious life and and wh- how come you didn't pursue being coming a Jesuit priest? I did talk to the vocation director at the time, and one of the things that I realized, and again, this was part of discernment, because it it's a very long process. Yes, for the Jesuit formation, and for me, because I had I had already gone through seven years of med school, I had already practiced a couple of years of medicine, so for me, I didn't think that was my call. To do that much more studies, uh-huh. and I, yeah. So that's why I didn't pursue, yeah. Mm-mm. And and you're y- y- looking back on it, being a diocesan priest. This is your yes calling. It's been a good fit. Yep, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for you to taking for taking time today to talk with us about vocations, um, and I'm just wondering, do you have any other thoughts or inspirations for us? It's for me, um, you know, we are, well, especially all the priests. So, for this is for the priests, we are all vocation directors in our own right. And, well, to a certain extent, you know, even lay people in the sense of promoting all the vocations. And I think that's one thing we need to remember. You know, because sometimes when we talk about vocations, we're so focused on just the priesthood. So, we miss the forest for the tree, you know, so yeah. to speak. But, like what I said, they all work together. So maybe that's something for us to keep in mind. All of us, in whatever vocation or line of work we're doing, we can make a difference by doing our best as, for example, a, a, a wife, a husband, a father. We all can contribute you know, to promoting vocations, especially vocations to the priesthood. You know, I have a younger son, and he's single. And a friend of mine said, have you ever asked Patrick if he considered a vocation of the priesthood? And I said, I think I did when he was like 17, and he didn't mm-hmm. think so. Yeah. But I asked him the other day, and he still doesn't think mm-hmm. so. 
But it occurred to me that in my prayer, so I pray for him to, to be able to discern whatever vocation God is calling him uh-huh. to, and for God to help him with that. Yes. So that's yes. what I'm trying to do anyway. And that's a good prayer, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Father Joseph. Sure, welcome. It's we, great to be here. Like what I said, this is something off my bucket list, so I'm very happy to have done this. I'm so glad. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye for now. <laughs>